Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. We'll have Steve Geller join us at 544 Triple Option. Uh, we'll have David Grubb talk to us about the Pelicans as they play the Utah Jazz tonight. Uh, he's the host of Hard in the Paint podcast. Bob, before we go to the Oakwood Hard Jewelers talking text line, how about the American gangster, Will Wade, last night beating Corpus Christi uh, 62-61, the last second to tip in. Now, McNeese is 17-2, 5-0 in the Southland Conference, and they closed that game with a 27-9 run over Corpus Christi, who has won the Southland back-to-back yeah, years. Yeah, uh, back-to-back. And, uh, uh, Charlie, help me out here. I don't think it's the uh, – I know it's the uh, the poll. I don't know if it's the coaches' poll or Associated Press. But somebody's given them one vote to be in the top five. It is now back-to-back weeks. You know, I'm looking at like – like the top 25 and and beyond, uh, who's actually getting some kind of recognition. So uh, McNeese is getting a one vote, uh, to, and that's never happened in their school's history. Uh, I mean, Mike, when Man, you, we'll win for you. I'm just telling you, he's one hell of a coach. He well, really the, is. the thing is, great uh, recruiter, and, and, one hell of a coach. And I've said this: the two big games was obviously look how AP, uh, uh, AP, okay, Associated Press, look. Uh, the two games and how LSU has changed and mature how uh, 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 in, in the early part of the season, how Nichols State beat them. But the game, to me, was when McNeese went to Ann Arbor and beat University of Michigan. Mike, and it was like about a 10-11 point victory. I was like, they got to be a misprint. Like, no, McNeese beat Michigan at Michigan. I guarantee you, Michigan Wolverine fans... McNeese, they, they don't even know where the hell McNeese they, they is. They have no idea that's that, that's Lake Charles, Louisiana. They they'd have to look that up. They would not make who he's like uh, Jawan Howard and the health issues he's dealing with. The Fab Five came back to support him and everything. Uh, but no, to me that might be because the tradition. When you think of uh, Michigan Wolverine basketball and the five uh, Fab Five in the history, Mike, that might be. The greatest that that would be like um, when uh, my alma mater, Northwestern State, in the postseason in March Madness, and they beat the Iowa Hawkeyes in, in a basketball game. Now, I remember they hit a corner shot, and uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, it was at Alford, maybe the coach Steve Alford, who was from Indiana, coached Iowa, and so you look at like monumental victories, whether it be like a Southeastern and Nickel State, McNeese, Northwestern State. So I'm telling you, when I saw that McNeese State in regular season, when they beat Michigan, I was like, whoa. 
That that's that's pretty uh, impressive. When Luke and I left the slipper, we had saw they were down by eighteen. I'm like, man, I thought this was going to be a closer game. Then I'm checking my phone. I see it's six, and then two, and then I saw the the finale of it. I'm my good gracious. Well, and, and this online conference, uh, boy, it, it's like uh, you got to come to play every night because you got the haves and have nots. Uh, the UNO. Uh, took care of uh, uh, Texas Corpus Christi, uh, you know, uh, Mike. But when I look at that, and then uh, then all of a sudden, uh, Northwestern State uh, puts a whooping on them at Lakefront Arena. <laughs> so when you look, at, you never know. You got to bring it every game. And you look at Nickel State. Uh, I think UNO was playing in Thibodeau. They were winning at half by about ten or, or twelve points. And I Nickel think they State got, started jacking they, them they, from they the got, threes. They got the lead up to I want to say sixteen seventeen. Nichols came back and won. No, very entertaining basketball in the Southland Conference. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big Eight Seventy. We'll have on with us David Grubb from Heart in the Paint podcast. Also writes uh, for the Sports Illustrated Pelicans writer for us. We'll have David with us right after this break here on the Big Eight Seventy WWL. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detail along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, On our Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line, hosts of Heart in the Paint podcast, David Grubb. Dave, thanks so much for joining us. been a little while since we got a chance to talk. Uh, the nemesis for the Pelicans, they did get a W during the year against Utah Jazz. But, Dave, they have not matched up well in a, in a lot of cases over the last uh, couple years against Utah. But I think tonight's the bounce back. They played a terrible game, and Booker was just unbelievable uh, Friday putting the ball in the hoop. Uh, your thoughts on the matchup between the Pelicans and the Jazz tonight? It's such a very difficult matchup. Number one, uh, because the Jazz are an extremely disciplined team. Yeah, you know they're they're not going to be baited into doing what they don't want to do, and that's been the hallmark of the Utah Jazz going back to the 1980s. Is that they're always going to play disciplined basketball. Um, you look at what they do, and, and since January 1st, they've been the second best team in the NBA. You know they're top ten in offense and defense, and what they're doing is doing a lot of what the Pelicans used to do when they were at their most effective. They're beating people up inside. They're winning on the glass. They're winning on second-chance points. And then they have guys like Laurie Markkinen who can knock down threes, Jordan Clarkson, a guy who can get hot. And so, you know, they've found their rhythm right now. They, they're coming off a loss, but uh, the Jazz have been very, very good since the start of January. 
and they, and again, their front court is also a kind of a problem for the Pelicans. The Pelicans struggle against teams that have a lot of length, and the Jazz do have a lot of length in that front court. You know, David, I'm going to ask you an expert like uh, you about this. Uh, fans have asked me. I said, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to find out, though. Uh, to me, the biggest question right now over the next uh, two and a half weeks is what happens at the center position. I mean, uh, you look at Valanchunas. I mean, he's 31 years of age. Uh, he's a double-double machine. Uh, you can see that uh, game in and game out. Now he's on an expiring contract. Now, do you think they make a move at center and maybe likely uh, to target a player maybe who's younger or more mobile uh, defensively than Valanchunas? Uh, maybe like the likes of uh, with Jared Allen with the Cavs, uh, th- that big man. What's your take on that? Because I've always been a Valanchunas fan, but sometimes uh, is, is the fit right and you want to get better defensively? Well, what's your take on that uh, when you look at the trade deadline coming up? It's clear that they are looking uh, for somebody to augment their front court. Um, you know, quite frankly, behind Valanchunas, even if you just take him away, you don't really have much back there. Cody Zeller tries hard, but he's not someone that people are going to game plan for. And you always worry about with Larry Nance, whether or not he's going to stay healthy. So I think your, your, your question is, you know, which path do the Pelicans want to take if they feel like what they need is somebody better on the bench to be that backup center who gives you a different look, who is more athletic, who can block shots. I think there are options. I think there are guys like Nick Richards uh, at Charlotte, or you could talk to the Pistons. They have a glut of big men in Detroit, and they're not going anywhere. So I think you could find a solid backup. But if you are trying to move Jonas and think about the future, then their names have been attached to guys like Jared Allen in Cleveland and and also um, Daniel Gafford, who's with uh, the Washington Wizards right now. And I think the goal ultimately is to get someone who's a bit more defensive-minded. Though I think, you know, it's hard to argue with Jonas' production and the fact that he shows up every night. And on a team that lacks a lot of toughness, he is always tough. So I think if you're going to replace him, you better make sure you're getting somebody who's going to be physically able to protect that rim and who can also give you some low-post scoring. Because, quite frankly, there's no one else on the team who you can post up and let score. And I think you need that to balance the offense at times. It doesn't have to be the guy you work through every time, but there are advantages to having him on certain nights. So I think the Pelicans have to be very careful about that. Now, uh, Dave, with that being said, and you named a number of players, uh, another individual I was looking at, uh, what about Orlando Magic, uh, Wendell Carter Jr.? I mean, I was reading where he was like a stout defender, and then he flashes. uh, He has good ball skills as a passer. He can hit an occasional three. Now he's old, I want to say $12 million next season and right under $11 million the season after that. Uh, would that be a good option? And also uh, the Hawks back up. I don't want to butcher his name. Okun, uh, Okunwu uh, is another one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so what, what's your take on, on, on those individuals I mentioned? Okunwu is, is, is going to be kind of expensive. Um, I think he's a highly sought-after backup. Uh, as a guy who's about 6'10 and, and gives you a lot of steals and blocks and has a high offensive upside. Um, but I think the Hawks are trying to make a move, and I think the Pelicans have assets if they want to part with them to be a third team in a deal with Atlanta. Uh, as far as Wendell Carter Jr., I, too, am a fan. I'm a big fan of Wendell Carter Jr. The only problem he's ever had is some staying healthy, but it looks like he's starting to get past that. He's still very young, 
and as you said, a well-rounded offensive game, but he has been significant as a factor on Orlando's defensive side, and that's what the Pelicans really need is somebody on the interior to intimidate people and to keep people from getting those second-chance points. When they lose games, they lose games on the inside, and, and, and we've seen that lately. These last few losses in particular, they've been beaten on the glass. They've been beaten on those second-chance points. They do need to, to get – to get more active, and, and when you have a Zion Williamson who gives you three rebounds, you know, that, that, that hurts. And so they've got to make sure whoever they get in the front court is an active player. Now, now David, how would you break this down uh, to the fans and explain it? I mean, I, I, I kind of understand, and I think the fans could understand this, but I'm looking at, uh, you know, the Pelican starters. Uh, they've beaten teams by an average uh, right at uh, around 11 points per 100 possessions in the first half. But in the second halves, they've fallen off, uh, uh, let's say, the, 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 a cliff, uh, getting outscored by over 19, 19.2 points uh, per 100 possessions. Now, look at uh, when, they struggle, when the starters have struggled on defense, they're allowing 121 points a game per 100 possessions, a mark uh, that is on par uh, with the NBA uh, teams that, that are not very good. So, so what you take uh, all that information I gave you right there, how do you break that down? And I, I know when you break down, when you analyze this, that the coaching staff and the organizations are aware of that. But what's your take on that, uh, that when you look first half versus second half and all of a sudden maybe why what they've struggled on defense and why they're going to trade that line? So we got to get better defensively. I think, you know, I believe defense and rebounding and being stout as a team, I think that's more mental to me than anything that's physical. And I think that if the, the, the things that the Pelicans need the most are not things, that, uh, not people. You can't trade for what they need most. They need heart. They need intensity. They need to be the kind of team that fights every night. And, and I don't think we see that every night out of them. Um, but And, and the, that first unit, I, I'll be quite honest with you, I have still not seen the chemistry between Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson and C.J. McCollum over time that I think you'd expect to have seen by now. Last year, the best we got of Zion was when B.I. was hurt. The best we got of B.I. was when Zion is hurt. And it seems that this season that their offense is very much connected to their defense and their moods are connected to how they perform. And we've seen nights where both of them can be particularly passive in trying to decide who's going to do what. And that passivity, I think, goes over to the other end of the floor. And once they become passive um, defensively, teams are taking it to them, driving right into the heart of that defense and making them work. And when you, we've seen, like when we saw against Charlotte, but Charlotte is a very bad team, we saw Zion and we've seen B.I. put their, put their um, effort on the defensive end. But most nights, it's inconsistent, and this is not new. I think this is something that we've all been saying, really, since both of them got to New Orleans, is that from a night-to-night basis, your two best players also have to be really good defenders, and the Pelicans' two best players are not particularly good defenders. David, um, looking into the future, you, you broke down the uh, uh, situation between Pels, Jazz, tonight, but, man, they start a three-game series. And next, this coming Friday, they play the Thunder. Then Saturday, they play the Milwaukee Bucks. Now they're going through coaching change. And then the Celtics Monday. Kind of break that down a little bit. That, man, you talk about a meat grinder. You going through it there. Uh, playing the Thunder, the Bucks, and the Celtics all within, what, a four-day period. Yeah, you talk about the second-best team in the West and the top two teams in the East. 
and all of them are have at least one MVP candidate. So yeah, it's 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 not going to be easy, and particularly with those last two being on the road. And the last time we saw Oklahoma City in the Smoothie King Center, they were kicking the Pelicans out of the playoffs, um, out of the playing tournament. And that team has just gotten better. And I think what what is more daunting to me, and what's more problematic, is the Thunder are younger than the Pelicans. They're a team that could also say you could also say, well, they haven't had a lot of time together. But they found their way, and their best player, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, plays like their best player every night. And I think that's the thing when you talk about a, a, you know, Jason Tatum in Boston, that he's taken another step this season. Um, and then for Giannis, and I think that's the reason you're seeing a coaching change in Milwaukee, is that Giannis put on an all-time performance last night, and his team barely beats the Pistons. So those are teams that expect to win championships, and losing to the Pelicans doesn't help them do that. So the Pelicans have to be focused and have to play at a higher level than they expect um, than they typically have if you're going to win those games, especially on the road. And the rest of January and into February does not get very easy for the Pelicans. You know, uh, David, when I look at, okay, uh, how can uh, you know, you projected how many wins you're going to get, uh, 48, uh, can you get to 50 wins or, or high 40s? Uh, that if I look at the 21, 22, 22, 23 seasons, uh, this has been monumental. It's been El Succo for the Pelicans. Uh, like, for instance, 21, 22, they were 5 and 10. Last year, they were 3 and 13. So you talk about their opponents. So it'll be interesting to see heading into February right now what's all said and done, uh, what that final record will be in January. Absolutely, and, and as you look, as you said, the second half has not been particularly good for the Pelicans either. The last two years, they average about 19 wins over their last 41 games. If that's the case, then they're on pace to finish with about 43 or 44 wins this season. I don't think that keeps you in the top four in the, or five in the West. I think that other teams behind them are going to get better. You know the Lakers are going to make some type of trade. I think Dallas, as, as Luka gets healthier again, Dallas is a problem. I think Houston will continue to get better as their young players mesh with their older players. There are some teams that have fallen off, but other teams seem to be getting themselves together, and the Pelicans don't really have the ability to make a major move here in the second half, so they're pretty much going to be who they are outside of maybe a big change at center. David, uh, your thoughts on the development of Jordan Hawkins as a, we see, he can shoot the ball. No, they've had fans of, like Mike Singh, David, they come to me. Well, why doesn't Hawkins play, play more? more. Well, yeah, one, yeah. one, he got sent down for a reason, right? He, he got to learn. Yeah. He got to play some defense, at least give some effort on the defensive side. That's why he got sent down. And we've seen a little bit better from that. But somebody who can put the ball in the hoop like he can, Man, he's not doing a lot of sitting, and he don't play like a rookie. Really doesn't. No, he's he's got so much confidence, David, in his shot. And I think it's more than just confidence in his shot; it's confidence in who he is. Yes, he firmly believes when he steps on the court, he's the best player on the court. And you'd like to see more of that type of arrogance. You know, like he's playing like he's the guy who should. You know, he he has that look of a guy who should be a lead player. He's playing like B.I. or Zion should play. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, on a nightly basis, Jordan Hawkins is bringing it. And I think you take the guys that you say with the most energy, you know, on a night-to-night basis, I know Jordan Hawkins is bringing it. I know Herb Jones, Dyson Daniels, Larry Nance, and I know, um, you know, even Trey Murphy, who's struggling right now. I know Trey is going to give me everything he has. But my two best players, my tone setters, I don't know. 
on a night-to-night basis. I don't know if they need to be encouraged tonight to play well. I don't know if they have to be told to, to, to get it up. And I think that that is, a, is the biggest problem with this Pelicans team is that, you know, Willie Green said this was the best duo in basketball. And while they are extremely talented, I think you could name 12 to 14 duos right now that are being more productive than they are. The Pelicans are right now the sum of the, greater than the sum of their parts. They're getting great team efforts, but they are not getting all-star efforts from Brandon and Zion on a night-to-night basis. David, thanks so much for joining us. Man, always enjoy your insights. Do a great job with it, buddy. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Always a pleasure, guys. Thank Thank you so much. David Grubb, a host of Hard in the Paint podcast, talking about the Pelicans. Bob, I couldn't argue with anything that he said. I mean, I think he hit the nail on the head. No, uh, listen, I don't care what the sport. uh, You know, we always talk about football, basketball, whatever. But who's going to be the alpha dog? I mean, uh, sometimes and no, and uh, it doesn't step up at times. I mean, uh, Bi, uh, you know what Bi reminds me of? And, and listen, they, 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 these are two great players for the Saints and, and for the Pelicans. Doesn't it look like when we talk to Lattimore or Brandon Ingram when you see him? Don't they look like they freaking high all the time? <laughs> I'm not saying they high. Look, look at the lazy eyes, whatever. They are so chilled. That uh, I don't know how they can be an alpha dog. Now they're great at their craft, but they 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 almost like too laid back. It's like almost too cool for school kind of. They <laughs> want to see a little more fire. I don't know if they have that ability. I, I, I don't know that, and I think David brings up a great point with that. That that is a big part of championship teams having somebody to take hold of the court when you need to. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870, our triple option feature right after this break here on the Big 870 WWL. We're back here on sports talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, Steve Geller joins us now for triple option where each of us give our top takes on the top stories in sports. Bob, you ready or you want me to throw it to Steve? No, uh, I'm ready. Okay, I- I'm ready. Uh, the, listen, you know why there's... Um, Still hope, and I, I want to throw this out there. We can even talk about this even tomorrow. How do we get back to this? Because um, that wasn't that long ago to who that nation saints. You know, from 17 to 20, uh, you know who's really taken over, even though the NFC South is the NFC doubt, is the damn Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What have we done for him lately? But that wasn't that long ago. Uh, from 2017 to 20, the Saints were one of the most consistent teams in football. Hey, Bear, what do you mean consistent? Uh, consistent winners. Okay, let me tell you what. Those four seasons ended with four consecutive division titles. Now that's Tampa Bay. And do you know that this caught my attention? We had more regular season wins from 17 to 20, which was 49, than any other team in the NFL. No one won more games. From 2017 to 20, in the damn New Orleans Saints, and what did we do? Well, no, the Nolan no call, right? You know, so that was a chance. But I, I, I was, I, I knew we were right there with the Chiefs. We were amongst the best. No, we were number one, 17, 18, 19, 20, and now uh, who's overtaken that? Uh, and, and I think I mentioned this, Mike. Uh, I was talking about this last night. Is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? If you look at the Buccaneers, it's a transition where they're at right now compared to we were from 17 to 20. The Buccaneers are the only NFC team in the playoffs, for, for only NFC team 
in the playoffs. Now, they're out, out of it now, but the only NFC team in the playoffs for four straight years and their win over the Eagles was the sixth in the, uh, in the postseason during that span, a, a, a total as far as wins that trailed only the Kansas City uh, Chiefs since 2020. So, you know, what have you done for me lately? Well, the Saints uh, were, what have you done for me lately, from 17 to 20. But now, what have you done for me lately is the damn Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And ain't no Atlanta Falcons or Carolina Panthers. We ain't got to worry about them. Well, uh, Falcons find a quarterback, you might have to worry about well, them. And, and, and I'm so glad we're not this. Uh, we're not the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the Panthers. So look at this. The Panthers, Carolina Panthers, NFC South. They're 31-68 and 68, uh, since David Tepper bought the team in 2018. Somebody wow. broke him that news? Or uh, they 31-68 and 68 since he bought the team in 2018. They tied with the New York football Jets for the worst record in the league. And we all know they haven't been to the postseason since 2017. So we think it's bad here. It's really bad in Charlotte and Carolina. But you know what? I still view Carolina. Well, what do you view Carolina as, Mike? That's basketball That's country. Basketball country. North Carolina Tar Heels. Who's giving them more pu- blue, blue Devils? Who's giving them more publicity because of Tepper and his temper? Hmm. He's put more spotlight on the Carolina Panthers than their play on the field. Oh yeah, yeah. And then, absolutely. Then, right. uh, you want to talk about the rich, out of control old man? Okay, we play in the Jaguars. Let me just throw a drink on the fan. What? I mean, you, you, crazy. I mean, why would you ever do that? That that shows you that, that that's kind of a pompous attitude. That I'm going to do what I want, and I'm, I don't like that fan, so I'm throwing a drink on. Well, it's interesting. What was you that and I fan saying to, to get that much under his skin for a billionaire yes. to lose his cool? Come on. My thing is, God bless Dan Morgan. He must have the best temperament in oh. the world uh, but, because but, he's the GM now. But, but, he's going to handle a lot of the personnel part of things. Yeah. Mike, God, I, God. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm looking at he got promoted, Dan Morgan, uh, to president of football operation and general manager. Now, you, you want to talk about a former star linebacker? He was like a poor man's Luke Keekley in a Carolina Panther uniform. You know, you talk about the three best linebackers. Uh, you look at Sam Mills. Uh, you look at Dan Morgan, Luke Keekley. Dan Morgan was on that level. Now, he got hurt a lot, but talk about his intellect and those football. Uh, uh, Mike, I don't know. What did he do to convince uh, Tepper to, to hire him? But he spent the past three seasons at the Panthers' assistant GM, and he, uh, he oversee, oversaw the, uh, the personnel operation. But then all of a sudden, now he's the man. Uh, you you want to talk about, like, it might change within 24, 48 hours. If you're dealing with that kind of owner, all of a sudden you think you're in good standing, and 24 hours later... You're unemployed. Yeah, yeah, or you're, you're, you're an SOB. And like, I don't want you around here. No, that, that, that's... That, God that's bless not, Dan uh, Morgan, yeah, brother. That, if you're listening, God bless you. That's not a stable Good atmosphere. luck, but not too much good luck. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, yeah. Steve? Uh, guys, look at Arthur Smith, fired by the Atlanta Falcons after three seasons as head coach. He went 21-30 and 30 there. And seeing NFL uh, NFL insider for the Athletic, Diana Rossini's reporting, Smith apparently heard from more than seven teams 
about taking a job as an offensive coordinator. What? That is crazy to Man, me. Man, his agent's working overtime. Uh, that's what that. I'm thinking right that's there. The only, I can't believe I'm, that. I'm looking 2021 Falcons, 26th overall, averaging 18.4 points a game. 2022, 15th, 21.5 points per game. And then this just past season, 26th again, 18.9 points a year. To me, uh, that to me is an offensive I wouldn't poo foo Diana because I know she knows her stuff. That seems to be a bit exaggerated. It's so, That's so about every team looking for an offensive coordinator exactly. right now. Are the Saints really considering him? Well, wait, no, hell no. Uh, no, 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 no way. Uh, uh, Not how it ended. Uh, you know what I would consider him as? Mike, correct me if you think I'm wrong. I think he knows running game coordinator. Daddy does. I, I, I think uh, this going back to Tennessee. Because I covered him when he was uh, doing it in Titans Tennessee. And all right. that. I think as far as uh, the running game and if he was part of the building and being running game coordinator, but as far as overall offensive coordinator, uh, I'd I say no. Know. No. So he can have a job because uh, I think he is he, – he has a – it's in his wheelhouse as far as uh, the running game coordinator and establishing that in the game plan. And if it don't work out, he go work for his brother at FedEx. <laughs> yeah. They own the they own Federal Express, so it's not a bad oh, gig. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, he got a part of that. The rich get richer. Uh, guys, there's a list of quarterbacks to take two different franchises to championship games this century. Tom Brady did it with the Patriots and the Bucks. Peyton Manning did it with the Colts and then Broncos. with the Broncos. Brett Favre did it. Uh, you, you saw him with the Packers and then with the Vikings. Kurt Warner, uh, we saw him do it uh, with the Rams and then with the Cardinals. One more, Jared Goff. Yeah. Think of that, Rams and then now with the Lions. I, I've always been uh, a Jared Goff On fan. Jeopardy. I think a lot of people might have got Brady, Manning, Favre, and Warner. Golf would be the the slip. The, the only the reason why I know a lot about Jerry Golf, you know why? Because my daughter made sure I know a lot about him. You know why? Cal Berkeley. Uh, he goes, come on, Dad. That that, that you you talk about Aaron Rodgers. I know you talk about Aaron Rodgers. Nobody gives Jerry Golf enough, enough love. He's a Cal Berkeley quarterback. That's it for our triple option feature. We'll be back to finish it off here in our number two of Sports Talk right here on the Big 870 WWL. We'll finish up here on our number two of Sports Talk on the Big 870. We want to tell everybody at 620, old friend Chessa Boucher will join us. Uh, look at uh, LSU Hoops, uh, women's style, so to speak, because they play Thursday night against South Carolina in one of the most anticipated uh, basketball games in the PMAC. You could say Bob oh, over the doubt. last 20 years. Oh, 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 and oh, it's the women's team getting all this attention. Yeah, it's but funny I to see uh, prices in the PMAC for those tickets are like in four grand range. What? Four grand? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it's like, that's you, crazy. You watch that on TV. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I want to be in that number. You want to be in that number to watch it. Also, too, uh, we'll see tomorrow if, if this doesn't go down with Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers. I know we talked a little bit about it, but I think something's got to happen real quick here. And then what happens with the domino effect? Uh, does, uh, does Moore get the job? Who's the interim coach? Well, who, uh, with, who in the hell in the NFC South? Who's going to be the Falcons coach? Is it Belichick or what? Uh, we'll, we'll see that. They're asking for second interviews. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870 right after this news break. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.